on Sky Sports Radio. You're listening to Racing HQ. Racing HQ. And now, a complete analysis of the form for today's major New South Wales race meetings. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, looking forward to previewing this Canterbury meeting in a moment. Uh, firstly, though, let's get the latest from the Racing New South Wales stewards panel. And Tom Moxon joins us for a look at Canterbury. How are you this morning, Tom? Morning, Luke. How are you going? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Uh, what have you got for us? Uh, just the one today, and it's in uh, race five, La Laguna. Um, last start, the rider reported it was the intention to um, settle in a more prominent position. However, despite his efforts to do so, the horse didn't show enough speed um, to hold that forward spot. And when caught wide, uh, he had to come back to obtain a position with cover towards the rear of the field. He then went on to report that the horse was then one paced in the straight and was somewhat disappointing, ridden in that manner. But from that good barrier today, they'll be every opportunity for that horse to settle more forward as per its starts prior um, to last start. Understand, mate. Uh, thanks for that information and all the best in 2024. Happy New Year, New Year Luke. Good on you, Tom. Uh, there's Tom Moxon. Uh, appreciate him joining us on Sky Sports Radio this morning. We are now joined by Brad Gray, who's done the form on this meeting. Bradley, Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year to you, Luke, and all the listeners out there. Been impressed with all the participants this morning. I've been waiting for a little wobble in a voice or two, maybe a few too many hard <laughs> solos last night, but I think everyone was on their best behaviour. So, yeah, so far, so good. Don't worry about our guests. Um, how's our host's performance so far? Do you think I was in bed early, or do you think I had a late one last night? What do you think? I heard you. I heard you, so I'd be oh. cheating. I heard you. I heard you <laughs> first thing this morning where you said you, the $1 pop got rolled, and you're, you're up, and you saw midnight, and... I didn't miss the little trumpet on the way through as well. That sneaky little mention <laughs> that you could see the fireworks from your house. Don't you think that that got under the guard of me? I'm just high up. It's not so much where I'm located. Oh, I'm yeah, just right, high okay. up in the sky. <laughs> it must be the other half that's contributing a fair chunk of that, that rent, I reckon. Well, you know it is. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, um, excited for the new year. You've got a resolution for us. Um, don't say more winners because you're already flying. No, I don't. Yeah, no, I subscribe to the Dylan Gibbons theory, I think. Yeah, just float through, brush. make it up as I go and roll with the punches. Don't mind that theory either. Uh, not bagging it at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, just excited, mate, uh, for 2024. 2023 was a, a great year, and even if it wasn't for you out there, I, I hope that 2024 is much better. Um, it's always uh, nice when the new year ticks over, fresh start for us all. Uh, some of the resolutions, they only last a week, but who cares? At least you tried. Uh, as we focus on Canterbury, Nicole Thomas is with us for the preview as well. How are you this morning, Nicole? Yeah, very well, thank you, Luke. Happy New Year to you as well. Yeah, same to you. Are you going to have a, a crack at a resolution for us or are you going to brush as well? Oh, look, no. I think um, I'm trying to get rid of a few bad habits for my New Year's resolutions. And, of course, it'll it'll probably last a week or two, but uh, fingers crossed. I think you're right. It's a good start. Um, yeah, I, I've never really been able to stick to any that I've, <laughs> I've done. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> at least you're honest. Do you know my worst worst habit, guys? I mean, I've got a few, but I'm a, I'm a chronic nail biter, Bradley. I just... Are you? I've is tried the. Pa- is that a nerves thing or an anxiety thing or just a habit? I could. Be, I think it's both. I think it's all <laughs> of the above. I have tried the the nail paint. Yep. Uh, there's uh, the stop and grow stuff. It's uh, mantelatum, whatever that is. It doesn't taste uh, any good, but I still <laughs> I still bit through the dreaded mantelatum. Uh, I can't stop Nicole. 
I just, yeah, the <laughs> that nail is bite. A bad habit. <laughs> oh, it's a shocker. You get your fingers in your mouth and people are looking at you and you go, oh, I'm doing it. I didn't know I was doing it. You're driving a car and all of a sudden, ow, oh, that hurt. Uh, you, you bite it too deep and it starts to bleed. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sweet, Brody. Too much this morning, I think. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Brody, Nick, Brody Nixon, good morning. You're on a Bradley Davidson tangent there. Yeah, well, he can go on with the best of them, uh, B. Davidson. But you're right, I just got lost in the, in my little habit there, buddy. Have you got any bad habits? Oh, plenty. Not many I want to share on air, though. <laughs> That's fair. How does this meeting look? I like it. I think it's a really good meeting. Um, there's a few horses that I think can go into better things early on into proceedings, but you get on later in the card... The scratching of Malkovich makes the feature sprint very interesting and makes the task for the likes of Insurrection a little bit easier with that immense speed that was on paper. There's still plenty on there, and we've got a couple of emerging gallopers all throughout the night, and including the last is one race I'm really looking forward to, a few horses that can look to be Saturday grade. But I think it's a good betting event to kick off the new year. How did you see it, Brad? Uh, excited? Yeah, there's a few scratchings, so we've taken a few haircuts there as far as early prices go, but there's a bit of depth, and as Brody touched on, a few improving types, a few lightly raced horses, it'll probably end up in better company than this. Yeah, and the track, mate, um, any feel? We're a soft seven, uh, true rail? Yeah, I'm treating it as a pretty fair deck. Uh, as you again touched on a little bit earlier, throughout the uh, the night series, it's been racing yeah. really fairly, hasn't it, Canary? So, of course, it's the, the shape where you typically want to make your own luck. It's very hard for these backmarks to get into it unless they've got panels on their rivals, uh, but I wouldn't say it's a bias thing. That's just that's just Canterbury being Canterbury. Mm. Uh, so this is uh, us guys for the next 50 minutes or so. We deep dive into this card, and uh, on 0419 767 uh, our listeners, uh, good morning to you. We appreciate your interaction with the show as always. Let us know your worst habit. Keep it PG, <laughs> but let us know on the text line <laughs> if you're a nail-biting grub like El Marlo. Let us know. Let us know on 0419 767 We're not going to turn into an episode of Jerry Springer here. Yeah, anything, anything <laughs> could come through here, which I always get a kick out of. Uh, some I can't read, uh, but I always get a kick out of them. But uh, we're not going to ask you for your New Year's resolution, but let us know your worst habit. Uh, have you got a punting habit? Uh, you, you love backing back markers on leaders' tracks or something sick like that? Let us know. Uh, as we kick off this Canterbury preview with race number one, it is a 1,900-metre, $100,000 maiden here, Nicole. Great money up for grabs, which is fantastic. Talk us through the market race one. Number one, counter 310. Suit of Armour, number two, is the favourite here at $2.30. Number three, two questions is $6. Bonaventure, number four, is $15. Five dark lever is 81. Scratch the six. Number seven, Royal Promise, $34. Scratch the eight. Sir Maurice, number nine, is 23. Number 10, Glory Start, $19. Scratch the 11. And Royal Valute, number 12, is an $8 chance. Uh, the money here is with Suit of Armour. There is a deduction here, but it's been about 260 we bet with Tab into 230. Royal Valute has gone from 11 into 8 as well and there's one roughy here glory start that punters like $34 into 19 Yeah, just note too guys that Racing South Wales stewards just tweeted or 30 minutes ago Nashua Will are not riding at Canterbury today so replacements uh, to come there but counter Tommy Berry and Marty Regan Bayless race 5 to be advised Ring Ahoy Chad Schofield and My Truth Tyler Schiller so I'm not sure what's happened to Nash but uh, yeah Anyway, he won't be riding at Canterbury today. So looking at the speed in the race, I wouldn't say there's a designated leader here, which I guess makes it a little problematic for our favourite because uh, 
from what we've seen of Suit of Armour to date, he isn't blessed with a lot of speed. So Sir Maurice can go forward, Royal Promise, another one, and two questions can hold a prominent position from the inside. So, yeah, all eyes on the start here, Brody, with Suit of Armour. You'd just love to see him settle midfield and give himself every chance. If he could settle midfield off the fence, like Brad says, he's going to be very hard to beat. That's the only question I have. Brad's spot on. There's very little pace. I think Sir Maurice crosses and leads. Maybe Glory Star kicks up, but that's about where my knowledge of where this map might end up. Two questions might land a little bit closer, but hopefully Suit of Armour can get to a good position and prove very hard to beat. He's a special for me to kick off proceedings. I think, as Brad mentioned, this track's been playing perfectly, and I think he does have panels on the rest over the 2,000 metres. Four, nine, three, and 12, my numbers. Suit of Armour, he's run in the Class 1 set weights last start behind genetic freak was fantastic from an impossible position and before that was okay at gosford over the mile first up his run on debut over the mile was fantastic behind ever was and a replication of any of those runs will be very hard to beat and if he does improve like i do suggest he will i think he's going to be mighty hard to hold out and i think the more than even money is a good price to take counter uh, it's got a big weight once again a very tricky draw it's been another one that's been cast from the barrier draws. It's last few starts, ending up out the back in slowly run races. The one question mark I do have on the track with this horse was a couple of runs ago at Kembla Grange. He was a big drifter in bedding, in bedding on heavy ground. I was really keen on that him that day, and he got eased out of the race. He subsequently bounced back to be almost a good thing licked in a benchmark 64 at Canterbury. So the talent is there, but it's another one with the map, and losing Nash at the moment is a slight negative with how well he is riding. In for third, I have the three, two questions. Just one of those map horses comes through the same race last start as counter, just whether or not it is up to this grade. And also in for fourth is Royal Velote. Was heavily keen on him last start at the Provincials. Was absolutely crunched in betting and didn't fire his shot. So he's got the right talent to be in this race. Just the one question mark, once again, heavy ground or soft seven conditions. Four, nine, three, twelve, a special to kick off the day, suit of armour. There he is. He hasn't mucked, mucked around there, has he? First race of the new year, and he's gone bang with a special. Two, one, nine, and three. I'm also with him here, that said. So it just looks to be his race to lose, doesn't it? He's to stay here with all the upside. John O'Shea touched on the little query in terms of he's probably not necessarily a Canterbury horse, and he has to come back to the 1,900 metres. But he's the, the stay here with a sack of upside. Blinkers first time. Good depth through that, that last start performance. Footame, uh, the runner-up, has since won well in town, and is a race that has produced four subsequent winners. So... Yeah, I think if he can get the start right, uh, I think he'll win, and he'll win well. I love the way that he rallied that last 200 metres in a race that wasn't run to suit last time. One counter, uh, if it's not suit of armour, he looks the one to take advantage. He's been around the mark for a while now. I know he's had a, a few chances being a nine-start maiden, but his last two runs over the same track and trip have been good, only beaten a length by Brinner, or half a length by Brinner, and then a third for can. So he continues to knock on the door. Well, where do we go to thereafter? I was getting my numbers here. Nine, nine, Sir Maurice. So he pulled up slow to recover, two starts to go at Canterbury. Forgive him that. Then he was back in journey last time out, and I think that told at the finish. Just didn't have that turn of foot. If he bounces out and leads, he'll give himself every chance from there. And two questions. Another horse that gets the blinkers on here. And he wasn't beaten all that far by counter last time out. Uh, he does look a, a player for, for your multis if you're having a, a trifecta of first four. Two, one, nine, and three. Mm. You got boys who got me worried about the pace here. I've, I've, I've had something on suit of armour. Um, surely it comes from somewhere, Brad. They'll over-analyse over this map and run a yeah, nice even pace I for us. I don't know if it'll matter too much, you know, Luke, no. with due respect to his rivals here, but if he's the stay that we think he might turn into, I don't think it matters where he settles. I think he's simply too good. 
What about the um, the form race, the, the the Kembla race? Five winners I counted out of that race. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? And Footame, one of those coming to town, and he won well. <clears throat> I was at Warwick Farm the day he won, and he always troubled like the winner. So the fact that he gave them all of a head start in a race that wasn't run to suit and got as close as he did, uh, yeah, he's certainly a stayer on the up. Absolutely. Uh, being a, a twilight meeting, guys, um, uh, Darren's tips might take a little while uh, to come through on our system. When they do become available, I will relay those uh, for our audience, um, even if it's later in the show after the preview, but we'll, we'll certainly keep our uh, ears to the ground there for when they do become available in the system. They're just not there at the moment. As we move to race number two at Canterbury Park, uh, this race at... Uh, the distance of 1,200 metres. It's a maiden set weights, and Nicole Thomas has the market. Scratch number one, number two, Cynthia, $26. Scratch the three, Equipage, number four is $4. Scratch number five, six, Hellbent on You is $6. Number seven, I Am Famous is seven fifty. Scratch the eight, Kikamushu, number nine is $23. Ten, Kitty Chat is the favourite at $1.90. La Belle Claire, number 11, is $126. And Landwin, number 12, is 13 uh, Kitty Chat, the favourite, has been very well supported. There is a deduction here. We've still got about two fifty into $1.90. The other one I've noticed support for is Hellbent on you number six seven fifty into six dollars yeah shame we've lost fickle here obviously takes away the price from kitty chat but i was keen to see this galloper at the races so i have to wait another day to see fickle uh, looks a, a talented type that three-year-old filly trained by peter and paul stone but speed wise here i wouldn't say there's any natural front runners i know kitty chat we've seen in the past and in the trials but she doesn't look a natural jump and run type she looks like she's got a, a bit of substance to her that said she won't be too far away and then you've got equipage coming back in journey but showed last time out that uh, can certainly take up a prominent position in the run here brody it's another race where a horse, if they want, can really take the race by the scruff of the neck and go forward if they like. And hopefully they do just that with Kitty Chat and Tim Clark aboard. I've got her on top. Ten, four, seven, and six. No spoils on the price, but I think a dollar ninety just about is justified. She comes through one of the best form races for the three off fillies we've seen here in Sydney. Jolie Star, of course, took out that event before going on to win the thousand guineas. After Glemmer ran third, splitting the pair was Kitty Chat in for second. After Glemmer absolutely bolted in that listed race, the Reginald Allen on Everest Day before heading down to Caulfield and just about being the run of the race in the 1,000 guineas on a very biased track from an impossible position. I think she's trolled up even better this campaign, indicating she's returned a much better horse and I think she's going to be mighty hard to beat. In for second, the four Equipage. I like the step back to the six furlongs was absolutely smashed in betting into a dollar sixty last start at Kembla Grange when beaten by a nice Oaks type on the up mare of Mount Fuller. Before that was fantastic at Newcastle from the back of the field. I think twelve hundred meters suits. Big push with Tommy Berry sticking for Godolphin and from gate number six can likely land just on the speed there, maybe even one out, one back, if Berry can get him in the perfect spot. In for third I do have the seven, which is I am famous. Uh, the half six I think it's maybe even the full to um Classic Legend, I think it's just the half. The Iron Famous, very good young mare on the young filly on up for Chris Waller. Was good last start at Canterbury from a tough position, albeit I think she runs into a couple of very sharp horses above her in Equipage and Kitty Chat. Might be one to follow next start over slightly further. And in for fourth, I do have Hellbent on you. I've been following this filly for a long time. Just hasn't quite been able to put it all together just yet. And the winkers go on. 10-4-7-6. Same numbers for me, 10, 4, 7, 6, 10, Kitty Chat, ninety. Yeah, as I say, Brody, well found, but she does look the winner, doesn't she? So handy uh, race as she comes out at 
at Warwick Farm back in June, splitting a, a good couple there in Jolly Star and Arctic. Glamour was heavily backed in betting, bled both nostrils, so incurred the, the mandatory ban thereafter. Uh, tuned up for her return today with two nice trial wins, so she's not going to be a maiden for too much longer. The same can be said about Equipage. I like the improvement that she continues to show. It was fantastic there. Last start, uh, yeah, obviously she has to come back in journey. That's the, the little drama with her. And did start $1.60 last time out, found one better, but there was three lengths back to third. She'll ride the speed. And she looks hard enough to beat. She's a cracking sword as well. Listed as black uh, in the guide. Seven, I am famous. It is a relation to classic legend. Uh, you're spot on there. I thought she was okay first up. She got a long way back. That was over 1,100 metres. Better set up today, 1,200 metres. An inside gate. And she was six weeks between her latest troll and her first up run. So you'd think she'd bounce off that. And six, hell bent on you. So she is a, a filly that's always shown, always teased a bit of talent. Uh, we're yet to see the penny drop, but I don't mind the way that she trialled. I know she was given a niggle, but she did hit the line. So if they're just pulling or feeling the pinch late, she might be the one hitting the line with the winkers going on for the first time. But 10, 4, 7 and 6. Okay, yeah, the thoughts of Brad Gray there on race number 2 at Canterbury Park. We move now to the third event. Oh, by the way, on the text line, uh, Tommy. Hi, Luke. My worst habit is continuing to back horses like Louisville every time they go around. My resolution... <laughs> is to stop backing horses like Louisville. Uh, Happy New Year, gents and Nicole. Cheers, Tommy. He is becoming a bit of a tease, Louis, Brad. Yeah, he is. I guess, what's he got? Five seconds off the top of my head from 11 starts, a couple yeah. of wins. So there is a little pattern developing there in terms of him being a get-back horse. But I don't think another win is too far away. Like, he, he still tried, didn't he, Louisville? I know he's a victim of his, his pattern in terms of where he can settle in the run, but... He bumped into a handy one, a miracle spin. So I'd be inclined to give him another chance. Maybe maybe 2024 is the year of forgiveness, Loki. Oh, I don't know. He's getting a little bit towards Pooeyville, if you ask me, Brad. I don't disagree. He, of course, he's, he's going to win more races. But yeah, I guess, you know, he keeps going around shortish in the market and he's not winning. But um, yeah, he will win more uh, when... When conditions suit. And there's another text here. I'm not sure if there's a bad habit or not. It just says, kitty cat, kitty cat, where are you? So I'm not sure. That might be a bad habit. I don't know. Uh, but uh, that's a cryptic, <laughs> cryptic message from our listener uh, there with that one. No name on that one uh, on Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab as we go to race number three, 1,200 metres. And this is a maiden for Drinkwise, Nicole. Number one, Aranese, $41. Bail for Vaughan, number two, is $19. Scratch the three, Gaznavi, number four, is $34. Number five, Horns, is 15 Six, Maracaibo Sun, is $21. Ravenclaw, number seven, $3.90. Scratch the eight, Valdezair, number nine, is $12. Viaconi, the favourite, though, number 10, at $1.55. And number 11, Wipeout, is a $21 chance. Uh, again, we've got deductions here, but Viaconi, we've bet $1.70 into that $1.55, so well supported the favourite. Favorite. There's a couple of roughies here that have been backed as well. So we've got Bale for Vaughan, 30, about $39 we bet into 19 And also um, another one is Wipeout, 39 into 21 She's a, um, well, he's a relation to Fangirl Wipeout here, so a bit of a pedigree. But uh, Via Coney looks to get the run of the race. And I know he's a $1.55, but it, you don't really know where else to turn. So he's going to camp just in behind the speed. Aranese looks your leader, Ravenclaw. Won't be too far away. Again, a race that could turn into a bit of a tactical affair and a bit of a dash home. But V and Coney, your dollar fifty-five favourite, should be in the right spot to take advantage of that here, Brody. Yeah, I thought Via Coney might kick up and lead inside Aranese. I hope they do, and I hope Ravenclaw can get a good spot just behind the speed. I think it comes through. It comes through the same race as 
race as the favourite last start. I thought she was, oh, he was very good in behind. 7, 10, 2 and 11. I'm going to take the gamble to overturn the favourite here with Ravenclaw. Just got caught three wide early heading into the first turn there at Canterbury. Just had to do a little bit of work on the speed and then it did fade late. It came off two trials. Once again, had a gap in between the trials and going to the races. So I think it's going to strip much fitter. Tommy Berry goes aboard. I thought this thing was just about a good thing yesterday at Gosford. So the fact they've come here shows some good intent from the stable. Tommy Berry wasn't booked at Gosford, but he is here. So that's a good sign after riding in the trials as well. Via Coney, the odds on pop, deserves to be favourite. Just getting a little bit too short for mine. It's going to roll forward. Dylan Gibbons, the young gun, goes aboard there from the inside gate. Won't be surprised to see him take the favourite straight to the front and take the luck out of the equation. In for third, I do have the two. But apart from the top two, is really scrounging up the numbers for the rest. Bell Favor, as mentioned there by Nicole, has had a few supporters. You can understand why. Was good on debut behind Les Van Paris from a horrible gate. Jumped well that day, was strangled back to last before disappointing behind Carazana on a wet track there at Kenzo. Looks like it's well and truly up to the grade, whether or not she's up to the Quinella here. And in for fourth, the 11, which is best of the rest, wipeout. But I was just finding a fourth number there to throw in. The number's 7, 10, 2, 11 for the third. Yeah, it's a race that lacks some depth, doesn't it? I'm with the favourite via Coney. Uh, keep the powder dry. I think you'll get better than a dollar fifty-five. Uh, surely, I don't know where the market's going to go, but a dollar fifty-five seems pretty skinny at the moment. But he does look the horse to beat. Uh, if there's a devil's advocate moment, maybe it is the fact that there was just one point seven lengths from first to seventh in that race that he comes out of. So typically that is a bit of a, a red flag in terms of that being a form reference. We've only seen one runner from that race since, though, and it was Lizzie's gem, and she was beaten in a photo finish. So maybe the form will prove OK. Uh, he looks the horse to beat, as the market suggests. Seven, Ravenclaw. Yeah, he had a few excuses there first up. Blinkers off first time, little gear change. Hasn't really attacked the line uh, in either of his runs to date, but he did have to do some work last start, as Brody touched on, uh, having settled outside the lead. Ships fit in our second up, and he'll take up another prominent position. And then I've gone with two debutantes, just thinking that those that have raced here, uh, they didn't show a lot. So maybe it's one of the debutantes that can jump out of the ground. Maracaibo's son, a Fenima hard horse to get a line on. I thought his trials were okay. He wasn't sharp enough for the 800 metres in his first hit out, doing his best work through the line. Then he mustered quickly at Wyong and faded out of the finish late, but he wasn't really tested. So Market might be our best guy there and wipe out the half-brother to Fangirl. Just taken a few strides to get into his trials, hence the beaten margins, but they're a bit deceptive. Uh, he's another horse that'll doing his best work through the line. So if the leaders happen to overdo it, he does promise to be strong late, just needs to get the first half of the race right. 10, 7, 6 and 11. That's the third on the program. We're previewing Canterbury Park this morning. You've got Brad Gray, Brody Nixon and Nicole Thomas, who has the market for us now on race four, which is the James Squire over 12.50 metres, Nicole. Number one won eight dollars. Two capital asset is seven fifty. Amadi number three is the favourite here in an open race at four sixty. Vangela number four is five dollars. Number five one destiny is eight fifty. Castilian number six is six dollars. Number seven cream rises is twenty three. Lancaster bomber number eight is ten dollars. And nine botanica is six dollars fifty. Uh, move for a couple of runners here. Vangela's one of them. It's into five dollars uh, from six fifty. But Amadi's been the best supported here early. Number three, it's been six fifty into four sixty. Speed OK here, courtesy of One Destiny and Botanica. Uh, Fangella won't be too far away. You'd think Capital Asset uh, gets its chance in a Marty. They'd be looking to hold a spot from Barrier 1, uh, but she did improve with a run last campaign and out to 1,400 metres. So whether she finds a couple too sharp over the sprint trip remains to be seen, but yeah, if she does jump on terms, she shouldn't be too far away from the inside, Brody.
Now, just before I get into my numbers, Cream Risers bought by one of our co-workers there in Anthony Manton and his crew that's absolutely airborne. We know T. White's in the ownership. There's one D. Flynn Bell there as well. Wow. He spread the wings, the horse whisperer. Something special in we the call. Yeah, surely. <laughs> the horse whisperer. <laughs> that's, of course, referring to Darren's pep talks to Dalalart before he races, Brad. Absolutely it is. I think he's a, a perfect strike rate, isn't he? Every time he's got in the ear of Dalalart, he's got the job done, so... Yeah, maybe he can, he can whisper those sweet nothings into the ear if, if cream rises as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He's trolled up well, but I don't have him in my numbers. Five, one, three, and six for me in the fourth. I'm going the way of the five here, one at Destiny. I think he had the perfect run in behind the speed. It was a good win under a big weight there at Canterbury last start, defeating Hyde Park, who, is, who went around on Saturday at Randwick. Before that, was only defeated three and a half lengths behind Dragonstone and a couple of lengths off the Smart Accredited, who's on the up there as well. Another proven thoroughbreds galloper for Joe Pride. I think it ticks all the boxes to find a good spot from gate number five. Reese Jones riding well and combines with Gary Nixon, who's going quite well his stable at the moment. I think this afternoon the race sets up perfectly. 12.50 should suit. And once again, with not too much speed in the race, ticks a lot of boxes for mine at a nice little each way quote. The tab number one, if you want in for second, we know what this galloper's going to do. He's going to get back. He's going to run over the top. He's got the big weight, but he's carried that a lot in the last couple of weeks. He's got a nice record at Canterbury. He's only missed the minor numbers twice, including two victories and seven starts. Tyler Schiller, we know how good he's riding, and he's going to be coming hard, just a question mark on how far back he gets. In for third, I do have the three, which is a Marty, as mentioned there by Brad. Hopefully she can find a spot just behind the speed, I think she's trolled up well. I've always really liked this mare. I've been following her a lot in the last couple of months. She just needs luck and a little bit further. And just keep an eye on who'll be going aboard after Nash, of course, won't be riding there this afternoon. And best of the rest is Castilian, just another one that's got a horrible map this afternoon. We'll have to come from last. It was a lovely return behind Boston Rocks there at Randwick last start from the back, defeated three lengths. It's another one I'll be looking for third up over the 1,400 metres and above the former Victorian. Five, one, three, six for me in a tricky affair. Yeah, it is, isn't it? So this is a race that's open for interpretation. I'm going to throw another number into the mix here. Lancaster Bomber, eight, five, four and one. I know his form's well exposed. We've seen plenty of him. And he's been up for a long time. But he's a horse that tends to race well at Canterbury. And I just love him from soft draws where you can cuddle him up uh, and let him just dart that last little bit. When he's exposed early, he doesn't seem to to finish quite as well. So ran well behind Diamond Diesel here last uh, He's since won to frank that form line. He's been up for over 12 months, in fact, but this is the right sort of race for him. 5-1 Destiny, no knock there. He'll ride the speed, a good winner there. The last time we saw him at the races to hold of Hyde Park and how dare you touch harder here. Uh, that was a benchmark 64, but only has to hold his form to be in the finish again. He could own this race from out and run front. Uh, Fangella, I can see why there has been some support. He too... Comes here at a last start winner, and he was a pretty dominant winner there at Canberra last start. Settled in the second half of the field, rounded up his rivals impressively. A welcome return to the winner's stall. I know his most previous runs in town, he was well held, but they were both in benchmark 78 grade, so he's better placed in a benchmark 72. And Juan uh, is a horse with his convictions, given where he settles in the run. However, uh, he too races well at Canterbury, and uh, he's a proven weight carrier, so I don't think that'll stop him. 8, 5, 4, and 1. Darren Flindell's uh, selection is still unavailable in the system, but Darren will be along uh, a little bit later, 13 past 10 daylight savings time. That's Sydney time to uh, preview that meeting in full, so look forward to that a bit later. 
Sky Sports Radio with the latest winning info right now on Racing HQ. Welcome back to the show. We're previewing Canberra, uh, Canberra, Canterbury. Uh, Brody Nixon, uh, good morning to our listeners in the capital. Brad Gray, Nicole Thomas with me. We're up to race number five and the Schweppes handicap over the 15, 15 metres. How does the market look here, Nicole? Number one, Malabar, $8. Two, My Truth is 11 Three, Hellfire Express, $5.50. Four, Ballistic Therapy is six fifty. La, La, La Laguna, number five, is $8. Six, Smartest Smart, 19 Scratch the seven, number eight, this is the moment, $9.50. The nine is the favourite, Utopian Wine, at $3.30. And number ten, How Much Better, is eight fifty. dollars uh, There is deductions here again, uh, but My Truth's been backed here. Uh, number two, it's $11 in from 16 How Much Better, number ten, $10 into eight fifty. And it's also money for Hellfire Express, seven fifty into five fifty. It's that kind of race, isn't it? The punters will make up their own mind as far as where they want to land on here. But my truth could be an improver, uh, given he gets onto a, a wet track and he'll spear forward. How much better holds a prominent position from Barry One. Malabar won't be too far away. Hellfire Express looks to get a nice run, probably one out, one back. Uh, Ballistic Theory has got speed if they want to use it. And listening to Nathan Doyle this morning uh, with Luke, La Laguna, sounds like they're going to be a little bit more positive there in the early stages, given she's a one-pace style of mare, Brody. Nine, four, three, and five for me. Utopian Wine, I was slightly keen on her when I first did the form a couple of days ago, but the scratching of Ben Getter and also Ambassadors really has pushed her right forward. I think $3.30 is a fantastic price to take now, and I think she's going to be mighty hard to beat. It was a good win at Gosford in a very fast-run race last start. Tommy Berry was aboard. It was a beautiful ride. They were really running along. He barely went around a horse. He went through the pack and charged away. We've seen Caring last since. In the run at Warwick Farm, it took a few times for me to watch over the replay there. I think that he certainly is screaming. She certainly is screaming out from mile this campaign and above. At Eagle Farm, when she did win, she floated all the way through the line. She might be one that does improve with the winkers and blinkers, which have gone on this preparation. So I think she's going to be very hard to beat once again with the winkers going on for... With the visors going on this evening, I think that's going to be perfect for her. The danger for me is the one and top weight, which is Malabar. I think, apologies, the four, which is ballistic therapy. I thought it was good last start winning, running there as well at Canterbury behind the likes of Aral. The fairly strong form race, I think, going forward, Aral trolled up beautifully before winning, and before that was Mudgy defeating Louis' legacy, sitting on speed there. It's going to get a nice run in transit. If my truth can roll across, I think ballistic therapy can get the perfect run, one out and one back. In for third, the three, Hellfire Express, racing well, and gets Zach Waddick aboard, taking off three. He's a good young apprentice, and he comes off back-to-back wins, does Hellfire Express, and best of the rest is the five which is Lala Guna, as mentioned. Can it get a beautiful run in transit if they ride a little bit closer? However, I think the mile or the 15.50 is a slight query for it. One four three five becoming very keen on Utopian Wine. Yeah, I'm with her as well. Nine four ten and 1. Good win there last start. Really strong through the line. In a race, it did turn into a bit of a test, but I do like the gaps right back through the field. Two lengths uh, back to third, and she beat what the runner-up uh, there a length. So did turn into a test, and she was suited, but she really came into her own, and... Uh, I do like the fact that now she comes to town on the back of that win. She's building a handy little record for Ballistic Therapy. I've also got her in the mix here. She's enjoying a fantastic campaign. She's won four from seven, charging through the grades, ran over this track and trip two weeks ago, beaten less than a length. Back slightly in grade here. Does take on the boys, but you'd think she has to hold her form 
to be in the finish again. Much How much better from the inside gate? He's an interesting runner because he did a few things wrong on debut and was inclined to lay out in the straight, yet he was still too good at the finish. So that bodes well for him going forward, the fact that he still had a, a few little kinks to iron out, yet he was still too good. So, yeah, query in terms of the depth that form. Uh, third and fourth have been well beaten since, but I do think he, he's got something, this three-year-old Colt, and one Malabar. Like the intent of tackling the 15.50 first up, he's a horse that... Did get out to 1,900 metres at the back end of last campaign. Just the one trial ahead of his return. But I, I thought he found the line quite nicely there behind Tamerlane, who has come out and franked that trial form. So maps well, and he's in OK after the claim. 9-4, 10-1. And one. Yeah, he won well on the weekend, Tamerlane, didn't he, up there in Brisbane? And uh, he's been a very good horse for Godolphin. As we move to race number six at Canterbury Park, 1,900 metres. This is a benchmark 64. Nicole, how does the market look here? Number one, Yankee Hustle, $5. Scratch the two. Number three, Genetic Freak is $5.50. Back to Man, number four is $19. Brinner, number five is 10 Ring Ahoy, number six, is our favourite at $3.10. Seven, Venetian Blue is $6. Scratch eight through 10 Number 11, Frankie's Me Dad is $23. 12, Whisker to Whisker is $10. 13, So Sneaky is 23 Scratch the 14 And Tip Top Timing, number 15, is a $19 chance. It's shaping up to be a good betting race, this one. There's money for a few runners. Ring Ahoy. The favourite has been backed into 310 from about 450. Yankee Hustle, number one, it's a $5 chance now. It's in from 850. And there's a couple of roughies worth a mention. Tip Top Timing and Back Demand. They've both been backed from about $37 into 19. You need some luck from the inside gate, Ring Ahoy. Looking at this map, he isn't blessed with speed, but uh, yeah, if he can get that. He's going to be hard enough to hold out late, but Venetian Blue looks to take up proceedings here. Yankee Hustle sat outside the lead and was a good winner there last time, getting out to this journey now. Uh, I think they'll be prominent again, and so sneaky is the other on-speed uh, influence in this race, Brody. 6315, I love the application of the blinkers. Chad Schofield's going to go aboard as the Racing New South Wales stewards have tweeted with Nash Willer unable to ride this evening. And Ring Ahoy, following that run last start, certainly looked a horse to follow in its last couple of runs behind Monarch Spray, running second on each occasion. Before that was good from the back once again at Canterbury. He's got his hoof on the till. He's ready to win. Just that one conviction, whether he can get his nose down first. He's had 21 starts, just the one victory in eight minor placings. And it's basically do or die for him this evening for me with the blinkers going on. In for second, I do have the three. And genetic freak, that is. Deserved that win last start at Kembla Grange. Question marks on the formal, be it did defeat Futane. And as Luke mentioned earlier, we've had about five winners come through. And hopefully... We'll have another one after race number one. But before that, was running well. Just wasn't able to get it close off its races, but hopefully a win will get its confidence up. And it looks a horse I've been looking to follow for the last few months and deserve that victory at Kembla Grange. In for third, I do have Yankee Hustle. The one big question is the big weight. This horse certainly is the best in the race. Contested fairly nice group racing up in Queensland during the winter. Bolted in there at Gosford, defeating some fairly weak company when heavily backed. Has to go up four and a half kilograms. You would suggest this race is slightly tougher. And the five is best of the rest. Brinner won well at Canterbury a couple of runs ago. Has been racing well behind Timpanist and Monarch's Bray. So brings the Ring Ahoy form. Just I think Ring Ahoy with the blinkers on should be very hard to beat. Six three one five. Speaking of forgiveness this year, hopefully Ring Ahoy can be forgiving for us. <laughs> so. With Yankee Hustle here. I know, yeah, the leveller is the weight, but I like the way that she won last start and it They've been an overdue second career win, uh, hadn't it, for Yankee Hustle, but she did it in style. Uh, yeah, there's more depth here, but I like the fact that she can ride the speed. Typically, I find myself 
uh, tipping those horses over the 1900 metres at Canterbury can make their own luck. Had excuses at Canterbury the start prior where she probably would have been fighting at the finish had she seen daylight at the right time. So I think it's the right race at the right time for her to potentially go back to back. Six, Ring Ahoy. I think he's well found, but he does get a, a likeable setup. He's placed at his past three all here at Canterbury over the 1900 metres in benchmark 72 grade. So continues to knock on the door. And if those blinkers just find that extra half length, that extra length, uh, he can turn those placings into a win. Three, Genetic Freak, a good win last start, wasn't it? He gave them all a start and a beating the market new. Plenty of support for him late. That was at Kembla Grange. I know it was a class one set weights, but depth through that form reference, as we've touched on throughout the show, not sure what happened to him. Uh, Canterbury three starts ago, he just failed to, to, to hit the line. So too bad to be true, but he has bounced back since then. And seven, Venetian Blue. Rise the speed, was beaten a fair way from home, second up over the 15.50, but I thought she stuck on quite well at the finish, given she was only beaten just over a length. So third up now, out to a right journey. Uh, she'll give a sight. She's an honest style of mare. One, six, three, and seven. In regards to Ring Ahoy, um, no knock on Chad, who rides very well, but I think um, he, he's built for Nash, that horse. He needed Nash. Brad, um, because he's, I said it in the call last day, he's just forgotten how to win. The blinkers go on, they're, they're trying something different, when they, which I think is good, but he, he desperately needs a win. Bit of a bit of a thinker. He, he does have the profile of a horse that once he does knock one of these off, there's every chance he can go right on with it. Yeah, I don't think he lacks ability. Brady, you're forgiving? I'm very forgiving. <laughs> you love it. Or sick, uh, one or the other. <laughs> Race number seven, Kia Canterbury Sprint, 1,200 metres, listed a fair, uh, the feature of the day, Nicole. Number one, Insurrection, $3.80. Scratch the two. Number three, Recommendation is $4. Cinewan, number four, is seven. Number five, Zoo Tiger is $5.50. Brutonelle, number six, is our favourite at $3.30. Scratch number seven, eight, Space Boy, $26. Scratch the nine. And number ten, King of Hastings, is a $17 chance. Uh, look, there are deductions again here, but uh, the favourites have been the best supported. So Brutonelle's been about $3.15 to $3.30, with Insurrection supported as well. $4.16 to $3.80 is the move. And I've noticed some money today for Zoo Tiger, 6.50 into 5.50. I was going to say, if you missed the fireworks last night, just watch the first 200 metres of this race because sparks will fly, won't they? Malkovich, I know he's missing here, but there still looks to be no shortage of speed. Insurrection, <clears throat> he holds the front. Uh, recommendation will come across Space Boy. He likes to get up and roll. And Brudnell will come across from the gate as well. So, yeah, I think uh, it'll be on from the outset here, Brody. Four one five three. I'm hoping they run along, and I'm hoping Cinewan can just keep in contact with them. I think this horse is bursting out for a victory for Joe Pride. The stable's absolutely airborne. Former Victorian hasn't won in over 764 days, so hopefully forgiveness is the feature of the day. But I think this horse is going so well. Ran fourth behind Recommendation and also Insurrection two runs back at Ranwick in the Razor Sharp. Had to carry the 57.5 from a wide gate that day before sitting on speed there at Ranwick in a fairly fast-run race before Waihaha Falls saved all the ground under a very good Tommy Berry ride to get up on the line. Steps back to the six furlongs. If he can just stick within contact of these leaders, I know they're going to go along fast. He's going to be charging very hard late. Looked a very good each-way bet early, especially with Malkovich still on the field. Need to take the two-place dividends, but I still think the gamble is worth taking there. We might even get double figures late in the piece. In for second, the top weight insurrection. The scratching of the of the Malkovich makes it a little bit easier. Does still have to contend with the likes of Space Boy and Brudenell, who are going to go forward. If he can hold on late, Canterbury does look to suit, and this horse is in very good form. 
just has to carry the 59 kilograms here over this 1,200 metres. That win at Kembla Grange two runs ago, albeit over the 1,000, was fantastic. The five in for third Zoo Tiger resumes here gelded, trolled up fairly well. Might be better with the run, but I think this horse brings the best form lines in the race behind the likes of Ath Cabin, Osipenko, Communist and Hawaii 5 all last preparation at Group 1, Group 2 and Group 3 level. Should get a perfect run stalking the speed and best of the rest recommendation from gate number five is going to get a lovely drop following that last start win. Four, one, five and three. It's going to be a very fun watch this, Brad. Yeah, isn't it what? One, three, four and six. Some with insurrection. I'm hoping he can burn turf here and just prove too fast. He'll bounce out. He'll find the fence. Barry one, catch me if you can. So... Yeah, they'll need to be fast to eyeball insurrection from what we saw in the Razor Sharp. 1,200 metres is fine now. That was a little query going into that, uh, particularly swapping Randwick 1,200 metres for Canterbury 1,200 metres. So he's going to look the winner here a long way out. And I just love his determination. He's a horse that's built a fantastic record. He's really far away. And although he's clearly headed there in the Razor Sharp, he raised a second effort to just miss at a second go. So three recommendation does go up in the weights. Cops an extra two kilos from last start. The map doesn't look quite as straightforward, but if we're trusting that reference, uh, that insurrection form reference, Razor Sharp, he, of course, has to be in conversation. He's another horse that's built a fantastic record. Six wins from his 12 starts. For Sinawan, I can see the angle there. He also comes through that Razor Sharp. He's placed since then out to 1,400 metres behind Wahaha Falls, where he was ridden closer, maybe just... Didn't finish off quite as well. So back to 1,200 metres here, but speed on suits and Brudenal. Original knock was where he was going to get to in the run. The scratching of Malkovich does hurt, uh, help in that regard. Then he bounced back second up after a bit of a disappointing run there first up. But you could argue he was on the worst part of the track. But, yeah, it was good to see him bounce back. So one, three, four, and 6. But, yeah, fantastic race. On Zoo Tiger, I didn't really know how to assess him today. So gelded, blinkers again. He's undergone tieback surgery since... His last race start, he had to be the wild card. I was listening to John O'Shea on the radio with you a little bit earlier, Luke, and he said that he might need the run today, but you look at the strength of his three-year-old form and he could do anything here. So, yeah, I'd be a bit of a market watch on him and we'll have a look at him in the yard. Do you remember who won this last year, Brad? Uh, I am me, broke the track record and beat Space Boy. Correct. Did you say that earlier and I just missed it? No, no. No, that's what I thought. Uh, Yes, yes, you've got a good memory. And prime candidate the year before... 11 11, Madame Rouge, Elise, uh, a few years ago. Fair so race. It's got, yeah, it's got a pretty good honour roll, hasn't it? The Canterbury Sprint. And uh, that is the feature later on today. We move to the last, uh, and it is an 1100 metre tab handicap, benchmarked at 64. Nicole's got the market for us. Scratch the one, number two, Chartwell is $7. Three, Global Empire is $8. Scratch the four, Tamaroa, number five is 12 Scratch number six, number seven, Northumbria is $14. Eight, She's an A-lister is $4.80. Deceived, number nine is $12. Scratch the 10, number 11, Firestar, the favourite at $4. Scratch the 12. Number 13, To the Extreme is $6. Scratch 14 through 16. Tarabo, number 17, is a $19 chance. And 18, Star Diesel is 15 A couple that have been really well back. So Firestar is one of them. Even with deductions, seven into four. She's an A-lister. Ten dollars into four eighty. Very well supported. Global Empire's come in just a touch. Ten dollars into eight. And Tarabo is a roughy punters like thirty-one dollars into nineteen. Yeah, two on-speed horses there. Global Empire. Uh, he'll make his own luck from in front. I'd suggest Tarabo comes across, and the same can be said for Star Diesel. So looks to be enough pressure here uh, coming across from that wider draw Tarabo to think that all runners will get their chance in this, Brody. 
13, 8, 5 and 3. I do hope they do run along like Brad does mention there. To the extreme was just about a good thing, I thought, at Gosford yesterday. I listened to Ronnie Quinton's interview with Luke this morning and he highlighted something I'm hoping will just happen. She has shown a little bit of gate speed when she has got out of gates well. She doesn't have to be a backmarker. Rachel King was aboard on debut when she was really unlucky there at Canterbury, got held up behind the likes of Power Ballard and Zuforia. So we've seen those form lines continue to be well franked. Miss Emma ran third, who went on a bolt in at Canterbury a couple of weeks ago. She subsequently stepped out behind a fairly fast run race there at Canterbury and scored dominantly by an extending one and a half lengths, just kept on pulling away. I think the step up to 1,100 metres does suit this afternoon and over third up into her career. I think she's going to be mighty hard to hold out. Mitch Bell does go aboard, but she can stalk the speed and lead a little bit close. She's going to be very hard to beat. And a horse to come through that race last start at Canterbury came out and won Monty Kate at Kembla Grange on Saturday. The danger, she's an A-lister for me first up. I think it's going to be well and truly in this race. Bring some fairly nice form line behind the likes of Amnesty and Oliver, who was the top weight here and still in the market. Brings good form lines behind Lavero and Salent Star when running second here at Canterbury over the track and trip at the end of last campaign, albeit at a big price. Drawn a little bit sticky, but a few scratchings makes its task a little bit easier now from gate number eight and gets Tommy Berry. The five in for third, Tamaroa. I really like this horse as it makes its way through the grades. Deserved to break its maiden when heavily backed late. It was about $5 into three eighty in the last 15 minutes of betting there at Warwick Farm. 1,100 metres Canterbury should suit. Just another big task from the gate, but will be coming home hard. And best of the rest in for fourth is the three Global Empire. Going to get a beautiful run in transit and should be peaking here third up. Just interesting to note, last preparation, just continue to get better with racing as well before breaking its maiden over the 1,100. And Adam Hieronymus goes back aboard, who was aboard when it broke through. 13, 8, 5 and 3 in the last. He just won't want the track too wet, Global Empire. I think he's better on top of the ground, but I guess 7 o'clock tonight, he's got a bit of drying time, doesn't he? But I've got him second pick. I've gone the way of the lightly raced Firestar, 11-3, 7 and 13. I think the market's going to be our best guide here, but to this point, he has been heavily back. So he's a three-year-old colt. He's all upside. Winker's off first time. He made a big impression winning on debut at Wyong, getting the better of gold bullion. Nothing wrong with that form reference. That prompted him to be deep-bended there in the San Domenico. It's... At his second start, he raced too keenly and went too fast out in front. So just given the easy time in his trial since then, I like the way that he settled, and he did it quite nicely in good company. So we really don't know uh, what his ceiling is just yet. Three, Global Empire, he does look ready to do something now. He's had the two runs back. He'll ride the speed, just hoping that it's not too wet for him. But I like that form reference first up at Warwick Farm behind Gidalong, who has since won again. So, yeah, eyes on how this, this track does dry out. Seven, Northumbria. <clears throat> Enough depth to his four minds to suggest that he can run a race here. He's been quite good in his three runs for Richard Litt. One first up, one second up. Uh, and I thought he was good there last time out, uh, chasing uh, behind uh, a couple of smart ones. So 1,100 metres, speed on. He'll be hitting the line. And to the extreme for all the mentions, all the reasons that Brody did mention them, uh, a lightly race galloper in its own right. And it'll be balancing up and, and hitting the line late. So 11, 3, 7 and 13 to bring us home. Love it, uh, Brad. Uh, that is the Canterbury preview. What is your best for the card? Well, I've gone straight to the feature. So race seven, number one, Insurrection. Originally, I was going to make it Kitty Chat, uh, but she's a little bit too skinny now. I do think she'll win, though. So race seven, number one, Insurrection. 
And best value comes up in race four, number eight, Lancaster Bomber. Double figure odds in a very open race. I think that's a worthy gamble. So best bet race seven, number one, Insurrection. And the best value race four, number eight, Lancaster Bomber. Brad, I thank you. Uh, all the best for 2024, mate. Been great working with you in 2023 and a big year ahead with many winners. Likewise. Thanks, guys. There's Brad Gray. Brody Nixon, your best for Canterbury. Race one, number four. Going to look to kick off the card in winning style with suit of armour. I think 1,900 metres, stepping back from the 2,000. It finds a very weak race this evening. It should be all too strong. The one question mark we do have was the speed on paper. But as mentioned, not many of these horses you would expect to be winning a metropolitan race, let alone one of these super maidens worth $100,000. Race one, number four, the first of the best bets. Now, don't really have any other specials. As mentioned, Kitty Chat's going to be mighty hard to beat in the second. She looks probably clear easiest best horse heading into the meeting this evening in regards to the Maiden Brigade. But race seven, horse number four, Cinewan for a value play of the evening. Hopefully can stalk the speed and prove very hard to beat for Joe Pride. Champion Brody, thanks for your help this morning, mate. Have a good day. Thank you, Luke. You too and everyone else. And Nicole, thanks for your help. Uh, you'll hang around for our Melbourne preview shortly. Yeah, thanks, Luke. I will indeed. And I just want to mention uh, Kitty Chat again because I've looked back at the price of Kitty Chat. It's in race two. It's number 10 there. It's now into $1.75. It was $1.90 before when I mentioned it. So really good money continues there in race two for Kitty Chat. It's uh, very well supported off the map. Uh, today is Kitty Chat in race number two.